want to check us out on all of our social media platforms on Twitter at tinfoilhatcast, reddit.com backslash r backslash tinfoilhatshow, on Instagram at tinfoilhatpod, or allcomedytshirts.com, email us at tinfoilhatpod at gmail.com. What's up, good looking? Yeah, man, that's what I am. Welcome back to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me into the waters of conspiracy with Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Mr. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. With my friend Ryan Davis. Uh, hi, Ryan. We're like the first gay couple of conspiracy theories. I think it's beautiful, man. Hold up there, partner. Say that again. Dark realm, crazy shit. Wake up, Aaron. There's reptile people everywhere. Hey man, where's hey, the truth there, dog? Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. Yes, here we are again. Welcome to another festive episode. Of tinfoil, I hope you Americans out there had a great um, Labor Day weekend. To the rest of the world, hope you had a great Monday. Uh, we're back in the studio after a very successful uh, Tinfoil Hat comedy night. Oh, we were the only show to sell out in the comedy store last night. The rest of it was fucking. It was kind of weird how. Uh, how slow it was there last night. So we thank everybody who came out and rocked. What a wonderful night of comedy. We want to thank Eddie Bravo, Theo Vaughn, and A.A. Ron for coming up and busting his uh, almost dying on stage trying to do a uh, prop uh, comedy. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Aaron, for coming and basically saying the only thing you believed in is that uh, Theo Vaughn's grandpa went blackface to get work as a slave. That was a, that was a fun moment in comedy last night. So thank you all very much. And that means on to the next one, Niagara Falls. That's right, Niagara Falls, 14th and 15th. Or is it 15th and 16th? What is it, 14th or 15th? I think it's 14th and 15th. Just go buy tickets. Go to thecornercomedy.com. Go grab your tickets now. I promise you. This will sell out. It will be packed, and it's going to be great. We're going to keep our streak of fucking rocking out and everywhere we go. So grab them. I'm very excited about going to Canada. I haven't been there in a while, so we're excited about being back. Uh, next Tuesday, though, is September 11th. It is Comedy Chaos. Those tickets are selling. Russell Peters, Joe Rogan, Kyle Kinane, uh, the, Brandon Schaub just got act, added, Sarah Tiana. Uh, the list goes on and on. Come out. Those tickets are only $20. And then the other show I want to push is October 3rd. I'm at the Brea Improv with my good friends, the Smash Brothers, Corey and Chad, uh, George Perez, Matt, Ka- uh, Mike Catherwood, and Mike Tully. So grab those tickets now. Should be an amazing time. Uh, the Patreon is a rocking. That episode will be out today. We have Megan Holiday from K Rock on the show. That's going to be a good one. And once again, our T-shirt guy has bolted on us, so we have to find a new T-shirt guy. That shall be fun. But get on the Patreon, rock it out. Uh, joining us. Uh, we're very excited to have her on. She's from the immensely popular. Uh, she's the second part of one of the, the biggest podcasts out there, Tiger Bar- Belly. Please welcome Kalila, everybody. Thanks, you guys. We're it's super to excited here. to have you on. Can we actually show her? There we go. <laughs> Boom. 
Dude, that stuffed crust pizza is really hitting him now. He's slowed down a lot. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. How's the show going? It's going well. You know, we don't leave home. We walk over to the second bedroom, and that's where we record. That's great. So when I do other people's podcasts, believe it or not, I get a little hitch in my in my breath, a little anxiety. Yeah, like I have to carry a little paper towel to like wipe my hands. Really, because you get sweaty. Yeah, but it's because I'm not home. Right. I'm I'm a fucking hermit. Otherwise, (laughs) you have social anxiety. Really bad. Me too. I have uh, incredibly bad social anxiety. And it's so weird for people to not believe that. People with social anxiety can actually perform or, you know, appear normal. Right. But it's because we've actually trained ourselves over the years to be really good at pretending to be adjusted. We have a... We have places that we are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Like, I can go to the comedy store. My girlfriend's like, why are you going to the comedy store tonight? You're not performing there. Well, it's like the one place that I'm comfortable with sitting at where I don't feel like this. Like, I always feel this immense pressure to have to entertain people, remember everybody's names, do all this. I just feel like this, this like, kind of scope is on me all the time and when it's not but that's how i feel i feel like i'm the center of attention though i know i'm not i but i feel that and it gets immense pressure to have to entertain everybody shake hands kiss babies and all that weirdness that just comes with it so i mean i've gone to birthday parties where i just walk in shake the person's hands happy birthday and just walk right out and go home so i i showed up and uh I, you know, so it's, it's really bad. It's why my career comedically isn't as great as it could be because I'm not really good at socializing, networking. I, I can't kiss ass and I can't really talk to anybody I don't feel comfortable Does with. Does this sound like anyone you know at all? Smiling and dialing is not my thing. Hitting up agents to represent me, right. not my thing. I'm just really not into any of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I understand where it's at, where you're coming from that. Yeah, Bobby's exactly the same way. Exactly, to a T. I almost feel like there's um, he thrives in chaos and with extreme per- around extreme personalities. And once you throw him back into the masses or the regular, sane, normal people, he freaks out. It's almost like he short circuits because he doesn't know how to express himself in a way that's more muted down or a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, but he feels normal around other crazy comedians right right yeah and he's also been at the comedy store for about 23 years so it's like his house yeah he's there a lot and he's loved there and he you know where he goes to everybody bobby i do that i called him bob yesterday and i immediately regretted it i was like i don't know him well enough to call him bob that's a steve thing right there (laughs) right but i was lucky that he did slap me on my ass so bob's still doing the me too movement he's keeping it strong so respect i love it so you guys are tinder hookup we are. But this is when Tinder was still okay. We were right. grinder. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Why not? Uh, what was that like? Now, did you know who Bobby was before that? Mm-hmm. You knew him from his I Mad was, TV days? I had gone to the comedy store once before, but I had seen him. I, I had a comedy fan, um, so I knew who he was. So right. I knew the types of game he was probably going to attempt to play. <laughs> so I didn't fall into that. Like the first thing he says, like, meet me at the comedy store. Nope. Drive your ass to Long Beach. Yeah. Ah. An hour and a half away. In fact, I didn't go to the comedy store. I didn't go to his side of town for months. Really? Yeah. I just knew that that's what he was going to do. So women have to do that. Like you have to play this game where you can't just 
give it up really quick. Shadow play. Well, yeah, it's shadow play. What well, is shadow play? It's Bobby coined this term. Anytime you have to strategize, it's, sh- it's shadow play, basically. Ah. But um, I, you know, it's his place of power. If I go walk into the comedy store, I would have just been the umpteenth girl he would have had around his arm that year. Yeah. And I know that somebody with status, somebody who, who, who feels that on a daily basis, needs to put in the work to feel like he's earned something. Yeah. It's, it's shadow play on my part. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta shadow play him back. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Lee's an enigma, and I love it. Yeah. He's a wonderful person. You guys person. are really similar. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. Me and George, we had a meeting last week, uh-huh. and we just like had a heart-to-heart where I was like, you're... Because we're basically wards. We're like Robins, <laughs> and we both have lunatic Batmans. Like, if you didn't tell Batman to do something, he wouldn't put on his cape. He won't get into the Batmobile. But once he does, he performs, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, so listen, um, are you excited about Crazy Rich Asians? As, as a Filipino, does that resonate with you? It it resonates in a... Okay, in the Philippines, there's, there's a tier. We don't have a middle class. It's either you're very rich or you're dirt poor. It's and a that, that has country. to do with where you're born. Yeah. Is it easy to move up as from the no, poor to the super no way. rich? Um, the rich just keep getting richer there. It's, it's just a very... There's, there, like I said, there's no middle class there. So when I watch a movie like that, it reflects, even though I'm happy that it's a full Asian cast, it reflects something that I know to be... Um, oh, that's an interesting it's, take it's, on that. It's a, it's a rich kid thing. It's a... It's a uh, what's, it, what's it called? They have class systems. It's a class system almost. Like within... I'm sure even China where there's... Even though the standard of living is much higher, right? Mm-hmm. There is like the super rich and then there's the super poor. I mean, in particular, like, well, India and Indians, they're considered Asians, which always crack me up. But, (laughs) you know, like they're considered Asians Mm -hmm. and that's a real caste system, Mm -hmm. like super rich and super poor. Untouchables. I mean, the Philippine islands, it's 2,000 islands. 7,000. 7,000 islands. 7,107. Depends on high tide, low tide. But Oh, so some of the islands disappear in a high tide? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so and what do the people do that live on them? They don't live on the ones that get ah, submerged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, Eight dialects or is it more? More, way, way more. Okay. Tagalog is the main um, language, the national language, but I don't speak Tagalog. I speak one from, it's called Bisaya. Let's get the origin story. So where did it all go? Because I know that you're, um, I, my, one of the loves of my life was half Filipino. She was mm-hmm. a Mexipino. In mm-hmm. my opinion, if you drop Filipino in anything, it makes it better. It's like the umami of races. <laughs> that shit is like so I know that you're you're a mixed breed, if yeah. you will, if if you use the terms of uh Well we're all mixed breeds. What are you pure? I'm, I'm, look at me. I got crooked teeth, red hair. You think you make this, this is inbreeding for thousands of years. For dude. sure, dude. I'm bummed out. I wanna be a, a No, I, I be like to... being a mutt. So yeah, where where did all where were you uh, I was born in Cebu. I, I was born and raised there until I was fifteen and then I came here and that's that's my life. I identify with being Filipino more so than my father, who was Egyptian and French, but he lived in the Philippines with us. I don't know that side of my. Do you family know what that well. comes from? It's that's some that's very primal shit. You tend to identify with your mother's family. 
Do you know why that is? Why? And that happens because with me, when I talk about on stage, mm-hmm. I talk about how I'm Armenian. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm half Armenian, half Italian. I'm as equally mm-hmm. as much Italian as I am Armenian. But for some reason, I identify with the Armenian side. And I uh, and not that my Italian side didn't love me at all or anything. They showed me nothing but love the whole time. But you tend to have a closer bond with your um, your mother's side because in the weirdest of ways it is the one part of the family that you 100% know is your family mm-hmm. that you know it's like with with your dad your dad unless he does a dna test hopes it's his kid and i know it sounds really crazy mm-hmm. but that's why the mother side of the family tends to take care of the kid more than the father side of the mm-hmm. family because they 100% know that that's their kid yeah. yeah. I've had friends that had babies and they're like, oh man, I love my husband. Once I had a child, I knew that I love this thing instantly way more. Right. I'll push that, him into a volcano. That, that happens to a lot of women where if their man decided to break things off after the child, they're not as grief stricken. Because they got something. Because they're like, wait, you, you, know, you gave me a seed. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah right. So it's interesting. If it makes sense, you right. you connect more with the Filipino side. Also, my dad was incredibly old. He was thirty six years older than my mom. How old so was your mom? My mom was twenty three when she had me. My dad was already in his sixties. Good for your dad. And the weird part is that you would think that it was just some stereotypical foreigner goes to the Philippines, gets some young hussy, you know, opportunistic hussy. But that's actually not how it worked at all. My dad, and you guys will, might find this interesting, I, he used to tell us tall tales about things that he, I had been shot in the spine or <laughs> my, my Humvee rolled over. And we always thought these were like grandiose ways of maybe connecting with us. And when um, a couple days ago we looked through, I didn't even know he was a fucking army veteran. I, I, we looked through his old paperwork, his, um, his papers, and it turned out he wasn't lying. He actually worked for an intelligence agency. For years, before it was the CIA, my dad was born in 1924, and he was a part of the CIC, which is like specially trained um, agents. Yeah, and that's how we ended up in the Philippines. Wow. That's incredible. And all this time, I thought he was just full of shit. That's... (laughs) I always said, oh, he was some international man of mystery, but I never know what that meant. I just said that just to say it. So when did you find out that it was all true? Last week. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I was, I, my sister and I were unearthing all of these old photos just to look at them. And Where's we, your sister live? In Atwater. Okay. Um, and yeah, we found out that he was in this thing called the CIC and he was pretty high ranked. And I looked it up. I Wikipedia it, and I was like, "Oh my god, really? This motherfucker really is James Bond." That's so interesting. Oh, that man. sounds like a movie, right? Yeah. And now all of a sudden, you got skills you didn't even know, and you I could know. start killing people. I had just flame shooting out of my that's, head. That's great! Wow, I wish that I knew my. See, my dad, I love him to death. I love him, but he is. I, I, I'm thankful that I had such a flawed dad. He's very flawed. So I got to see what happens with those flaws. And when I saw those flaws in me, I was able to nip that shit, the bud. It's very interesting how you could either learn from your father or become your father very quickly. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix has a song called Manic Depression, and it's about his mother. 
And so he's, the whole lyrics is talking about how growing up with a manic depressed mother. And if you think about how his music manic depression yeah enters your and soul. And as a kid, boom, 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 that was my mom. Boom, boom, boom. My mama has uh, my mom's manic depressed person hardcore my whole life. I remember like my mom crying, and my dad's bipolar. So when you see the goblin, you're seeing like that. The, the two coming together. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, don't look, look away. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I try hard not to, but you know. Are um, you a superstitious person? Um, so I'm very science-minded, but because I grew up in the Philippines, which is very strongly Catholic, it's, it's inescapable to, to be superstitious. You have to have some part of you that believes in it because I think it's, you're so surrounded by it when you live in a, like a, a Catholic country like that. Especially a country that's like been in, conquered so many different yeah, times. Yeah, we've been colonialized. Like everyone's house is on top of like a cemetery they didn't even know existed. Dude, cemeteries are so dope. In the Philippines on November 1st, my birthday, you know how the Mexicans have Dia de los Muertos? Yeah. In the Philippines, everyone goes to the cemetery and they get hammered for three days. <laughs> for three days? Yeah, it's a, it's a massive party. In fact, it's a national holiday. There's no school for that whole week. Damn. And um, so they take off from school to let everybody go hang out in graveyards. Oh yeah, and then we bring food, we bring a whole roasted pig, we bring alcohol, and people just party it up. Wow! So uh, and I, what's that called? Is that what's the holiday it's called? All Saints Day, All Souls Day. All Saints and yeah. All Souls Day. And what does that? Is there what is the reason for that? Is there like a famous event that happened? It's just we sit with the dead. So we sit with our family members that pass, and we pour liquor all over their graves and get hammered. Do you do that? Um, I was too young then to drink, but yeah, everyone was like fucking shooting guns just for fun around. And the cemetery is a, is a very festive place in the Philippines. It's not as, you know, over here we paint it as like some scary kind yeah. of oh, very somber place maybe. I Not least, in L.A. They, they, they show movies oh, in yeah, our I cemeteries. Say, that's true. That's I true. took a girl on a picnic recently in a cemetery. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. Should be a sad place, right? But uh, So I know that there, here's a few of the Filipino superstitions. Let me know if you know this mm-hmm. one. Don't sleep with your hair wet. wet. You wake up blind? There you go. What? Yeah. It's crazy. I was, uh, thank you. I was actually, you know, I just wrote that somewhere. Like dumb things Filipinos believe. Or I just thought it was my mom. And I always do, so I'm always like waking up in the morning, well, like it's both. Or you both. can't. Another one: if you're, someone's laying flat on the floor, which we do a lot in the Philippines, because we we sleep on a banig, which is like a woven. Sounds mat. like a racial slur, banig. <laughs> banig, yeah. <laughs> so if you jump over the person, you can't do that. You can't walk over the person, or else they'll stop growing. Is that when you have? Yep. Oh, hold on. So a baby's sitting there. I walk over yeah, them. Yeah, your and baby then, will stay a baby forever. Be a baby for the rest <laughs> yeah. of this is actually an Armenian superstition as well. Really, if I step over a child, the child will stop growing? Yeah, and it's like you have to step back in order to reverse it. You know, <laughs> we all hear those things, though, but that is... You know what's so interesting about superstitions? A lot of them stem from just mother's fears. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, don't go swimming after you just <laughs> ate. Yeah. I mean, that literally has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. It's just a mom was afraid maybe you might be too full to swim right. or something like that. Like the very, a very famous just, one. I remember my cousin saying she was much older than me. She's like, don't wear your hat all the time. You're going to go bald. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that literally has nothing to do with anything. But I remember growing up, if I, and to this day, I take my hat off. And when I'm sitting in somewhere, because I don't want to go bald, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a lot of these things where it's just like mother's just weird emotional 
reaction to shit. So I, I always acquiesce anyways, just just in case. Yeah. Just in case it's true. You know, but. I remember being in like third grade and there was a kid who didn't believe in God. Mm-hmm. And he was very, his name was Richard Wheeler. Mm-hmm. And he didn't believe in God. And just one day the kids were just racking him on it. And he was crying during lunch. He's just like, I just don't believe in God. I'm just like, <laughs> hey, cool I'm kid. like, let the kid not believe. Who cares, right? A little when Nietzsche it, over yeah, there? Yeah, a little. And then this teacher came over and he's, she's like, it's okay, but maybe you should just believe in him just in case. And that is like the craziness that goes on, right? Like religion would never last if you, if you tried to sell it to people in college. Like if you go... If you had a religious fair where people had could go and pick up a religion, they didn't have religion until and now they can go to college and they pick. No one, maybe Buddhism would be the only thing. You have to indoctrinate people very early with this crazy talk. That's the only way it sticks, and that's what that's basically how this whole thing gets passed on, passed on, passed on. Is people pass on this weird kind of sickness to each generation as it goes. An ex-girlfriend of me, uh, mine got me on Sunset Boulevard. There's a sign that spins, and it's a sad foot and a happy foot. If you know what I'm talking about, it's over by Donut Farm. And she was like, oh, I'm going to have a good day. And I was like, why? She's like, it's a happy foot. So to this day, if I drive on Sunset, I have to look. Not, I don't even look at it because I'm afraid if I see a sad foot, I'm going to probably like die. So You know, I, I do the same thing, and I don't think it has to do with religion. It has to do with being an athlete for a really long time so I just had rituals you were an athlete mm-hmm, I was a swimmer for really yeah and I swam for the Philippine team and I swam division one in college really I'm a has-been though has-been it was a good run it was a good run team Filipino did you go to any big international events yeah I went to um, Southeast Asian games I traveled a lot when I was younger swimming my sister and I did we swam for the Philippine team so wow so you know people don't realize the Asian games is pretty big right huge it's huge i remember yeah. i was in china yeah. and they're like yeah the asian games are going i'm like well, what's that and the woman was like are you serious <laughs> i go yeah you don't know what asian games are <laughs> I was like, it sounds oh. like reindeer games it, <laughs> it sounds like it was so okay. what are a couple more uh don't take a three-person picture Oh, I didn't know that. Why? Because the person in the middle will die first. Oh, my God. So, Aaron, you're in the middle of all of our photos from now on. <laughs> no stuff, Cross. We love you. All right. Do, uh, don't sleep with your feet facing the door or a window. Um, are you, why? Because you're inviting bad spirits to take you It's always in. bad spirits. Is it a Filipino thing? Mm-hmm. Always bad spirits. Like, if you're pregnant, you can't sleep by a window. Someone really? will snatch your fetus or, like, freaking, you know, turn it into a devil baby. <laughs> yeah, but we have some really weird ones like our our um not mythical creatures or things that they tell you tell children to fear are yeah. very different. Like we have a pari waiwo which is a priest without a head. And you're oh. supposed to fear that. We have a babui bakya and it's basically I think it's our version of the chupacabra but it's basically a pig with boots. <laughs> and it's supposed to somehow like incite fear in in young children. But the the most famous one is called an aswang. And it's basically like a bird creature, which is like a half human. Half a human, yeah. half bird? Yeah. And what does it do? Eat children and stuff? It eats everybody. It eats yeah, it has a long tongue and it kind of just... Well, you never know because like island culture, it's biologically diverse. And they've even found like a miniature pachyderm in the Philippines. Like mm. a tiny little like teacup little uh, elephant, dude. So uh, when, we was ta- when we were talking about this one, do you have Don't any? put your purse on the floor. That oh, was yeah. another one. Don't put your purse on the floor? Have you but ever- they think that's like... 
all cultures. Is that just a woman thing? Yeah. You really? Lose. You're not supposed to put your purse on the floor? No, it's like you, something about you lose money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? I, well, I don't have purses, so I don't know. <laughs> so do you have any personal uh, weird experiences in the Philippines? Oh, yeah. Really? Dude, okay. I, like I said, I'm very science-minded, but there's something that I, I notice. We're very overstimulated with, 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 it's too much stimuli in a big city like LA. But when you go back to, when I go back to the Philippines or go to the province and things are quiet, you feel things you wouldn't normally feel in a city. You hear things you wouldn't normally hear. I don't know if it's my mind getting to me, but I, you know, randomly, like the hairs in the back of my neck will stand, or you just feel a, a different presence, you know, as you. Um, but my mom has to this day swears by this story that has basically scarred me my whole life and has something to do. She calls it spirit of the glass, which is our version of the Ouija board. Really? So instead of like real letters, we put down like a blanket or whatever. And it's, it's the same, same, same exact. Um, it, it works the same exact as a Ouija board. Um, but in the Philippines, she, her parents had a lodging house where they would take in college students and those college students would pay to live there essentially. And one night they decided to play Spirit of the Glass oh. and um, they did whatever, they did their prayer, flipped over the glass, trapped the spirit, and then asked questions. And my mom wasn't a believer so in So tell us this. real quick before we get into what happened to them. Yeah. What do you do? How does the, how does the board work? I, I think it just... You put down a blanket. Yeah, I think the glass moves. You you do a prayer. You um, welcome a the, spirit into the glass, and then you trap the glass. You so you're like, hey, get into my yeah. get into my glass. Yeah, like like an insect, and then like okay. flip it. Okay. Yeah, so the ghost insect is in there. So why would the spirit get in the glass if it knows it's going to be trapped? Well, only to answer questions. Maybe oh. it wants you know it, it wants, wants to, to get through. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you go, hey, get into my glass. Boom. You set it down. It's right there. And what is on the blanket? Anything? Like, is it like a Ouija think, board that has letters on it? Or is yeah. It, okay. I, I don't know if someone wrote, writes on okay, blanket okay. versus paper, it's which fine. is not very it's efficient. <laughs> right, right. It's totally fine. You verifying this isn't shadow play? Is yeah, that what's yeah, going yeah. on? So we, have, so we have it on there. The gla- spirit is in the glass. And uh, wh- what do you do next? Um, then you, I guess you ask questions. And a bunch of lodgers in my grandparents' house were playing this game. And they, um, how do you say, when you conjure a spirit, they conjured a spirit, started asking questions. And the first was, how old are you? She's like, I'm 17. Um, Where do you live? And it said, Tres de Abril, which is the street that my mom mom and her grandparents' house was at. Basically right there. And they were like, oh, this person lives here. And they're like, what's your name? And then she goes, her name's Rita. And my mom says, like, two minutes later, a woman comes, a neighbor comes screaming through the door. Somebody help me. Rita had just hung herself. Shut up. My mom says she was scarred for the rest of her life. And the lodgers who were playing that game, one of the guys had a, a massive fever that night and never spoke again. Whoa! So that is your. So your mom was one of the college kids. No, my mom was living there. They just had college kids oh. playing this. She was a, a little bit younger. She was still uh, in her early teens. Oh my god! So have you ever played with the Ouija board? Or the, no, yeah. I don't do that. It, I, it's weird that I I know in my reasonable mind. She knows. told you this as a kid. 
Um, yeah, and she repeats it as an adult. Like, yeah, don't moms play that. love don't to play do that. that. My mom loves to set me up for. She loves to bear bad news. She loves to tell me who died. That's my yeah. mom's thing. She'll call Thank me you. up. She goes, "Oh, you know that Mr. Johnson, your your PE teacher, really loved you. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's dead. He died. <laughs> Is that where you got it from? Because Sam sometimes will be like, "Hey, buddy, I got to tell you something. We need to talk." And it's like only girlfriends that are about to break up with me have ever. Yeah. Been, and then it'll be something nice. So we're gonna have a good guest tomorrow. I'm like, yeah. God damn, dude. Yeah, you're, uh, you're she, so my right. mom loves to bear the bad news. My mom too. She it just gets they're like the bad yeah. news news. My mom loved telling us stories about planes crashing. What? Yeah, it was her favorite thing. Air pockets. Um, <laughs> you know that show, How Planes Crash? <laughs> I, I, I swear to that was my mom's like brain. That's a brainchild of my mother. <laughs> she must love that show. Do you ever record it and send it to her? It's on the Weather Channel, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who does a show called When Planes Crash? It's how, yeah, Why Planes Crash. Oh, that's so <laughs> On the good, Weather dude. Channel, dude. That's so good. The Weather Channel's got to do something. It's got to do something, right? Because you know. just got to go outside to see the weather. You don't really need the Weather Channel. Am I, am I anybody I mean, else? The Farmer's Almanac was over like 200 years ago, and it would tell you about what the weather was last year. Yeah. Right? And that thing kept on, it still gets bought to this day, you know? Mm-hmm. I know Aaron has a copy of Farmer's Almanac. Aaron, do you Almanac. have a Farmer's Almanac? No, it's uh, it's all an app. No, it's all app based now. Oh, it's an app. <laughs> the Farmer's Almanac is an app now. Can I get that? That's awesome. So, what, what other uh, weird, crazy stories do you have? Like, so this person—that's a crazy story about that. So close to Filipino. I grew up with Filipinos and Cholos and Chino Hills, mm. and so. Um, DJ Buddy, the world famous DJ Buddy, he's been my longtime friend, and he, uh, he loves Tiger Belly. Obviously, I turned him on to it, and he was like, "Dude, ask her about the Island of the Witches." Or oh, Sikihor? Yes. Yeah, Sikihor Island. Dude, there's a place called the Island of the Witches. It's it's called Fire. Well, not the Fire Island that they have in the. Um, oh, Miami. Coast. Was it like New York or something? Oh yeah, the, yeah. Where all the gays go? Mm-hmm. That's where. I'm, where where do all the gays? It's, I think it's called the we're Fire Island. There, we're right? getting there next. Well, hold the gays go to Fire Island? I think so. Right? Why do they go to Fire it's Island? It's a super elite area of like I believe Manhattan, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. In in the United States, it's yeah. like Coronado Island. In, Where is it? In San Diego. You don't know all the gay hotspots? Dude, Sam. No. We got to get, uh, we got to no. tour it. My grinder hasn't fucking updated me on all the. How are we going to do Studs Theater on Santa Monica Boulevard if you don't know the hotspots? I do want to shoot a special there. Dude, you should. I totally do, dude. <laughs> so give us it all. I mean, uh, yeah, Ian's like, dude, the Philippines is so creepy. And he's always trying to get me to go there to marry me off. And I'm like, Hell no, you're trying to harvest my organs or give me over to a demon. It's just ingrained in us to always offer our friends to family. That's what we do. I was actually going to ask you right after. I was like, hey, would you be interested? Mid-30s, cousin of mine. Just what we do. But Sikihor Island is um, It's known for, it's, it's just voodoo. Um, I think that they believe in a woman like, that's supposed to be like the original black magic woman or something like that. Jesus. It's black magic. Uh, is there any legends of there coming out of there? Like a three-headed goat ate uh, a baby or something? I'm sure. Yeah. But mostly it's people who... It's a barang. Barang is when you um, um, put a curse on somebody and you either get them sick or get them poisoned or something to that effect. So you grew up Catholic? Mm, yes. Okay. But so. very, uh, um, I, 
you know, you just follow your parents. But in the back of my mind, I always knew that when I had any type of freedom, I would bolt. (laughs) (laughs) My problem growing up is like you're a raging, like, you know, your hormones are going Sunday morning and then there's girls your same age and they're wearing like nice dresses and you're Mm -hmm. seeing legs and you're like, I'm not focused on the light right now. I'm looking at the legs, dude. I just never went. My dad. Never. You never got. Never went. My mom brought me to uh, church twice. Hmm. That was it. My dad didn't like religion at all, hated it right out the gate. So it never was a big thing for me. Now, Weird. do you guys believe um, in, you know, when people get the spirit in them in churches, when you go to like a um, like a born-again Christian church and when people get like possessed by the spirit? It's happened to me. Really? What? One, one time about... You uh, were possessed. When I was early on in sobriety, I would be doing lift for only like 36 hours a day or 36 hours straight, right? And then one morning... I'm dressed all nice, and I'm over by down on Crenshaw, and there's that big Los Angeles, like it's an all-black church. It's the West L.A. church, and I see all these like fine-looking black people. I'm like, damn, I'm dressed nice. I go in there, and it's just like the Blues Brothers. I was the only white guy in there, and as it's Pentecostal, as the preacher's talking, the bishop, it was literally like coming into Ooh, me. Pentecostal's hardcore. Dude, and it was, it was happening to me to where I just started dancing, and I, <laughs> oh, I was crying, and I was like, dude, what the fuck? And, and he was loving it, and he brought me up. There's like a thousand black people in Crenshaw just loving this moment, and I was just like having my time. And he's like, brother, you can come back anytime, anytime. Dude, I shit you not. And like, I went back a couple more times, man. Now, do you think that you might just be more susceptible to the spirit, like susceptible to the idea, or you just threw yourself in there? Because when we first came to America, my dad um, was deeply, um, he was part of this Mennonite Nigerian church. In fact, when we arrived in LAX, we were greeted by all the Nigerian church members. Oh, and, so where at LAX? Mm-hmm. So you came out and all these Nigerians were like, I what was, up? Yeah, it was like, what the hell's going on? Oh, how old were you when this happened? Uh, 15. Wow. And, that's a good way to come to the U.S. And they helped my dad because um, my dad felt, you know, he went financially, he just everything went awry for him. That's I think every person has that story. My dad, same thing, killing it, and then just crash and burn. My dad was exactly the same. I mean, he came from money. He was from, his parents were really wealthy, and then he kind of took off on his own, did his own thing, and then just crashed and burned. Um, But when we came to the States, this Nigerian church, um, they helped, um, they fundraised, they helped basically buy our tickets to the United States. So my dad knew that my mom was very deeply Catholic, but he told us, like, just be cool, just go to church, just pretend, you know, shadow play, you know, basically. (laughs) And my sister and I, they would do these testimonials where you would get up there and you would have to talk about how God has improved your life that week or whatever, and then they would do the speaking in tongues and then people would collapse. Really? Mm -hmm. And so my dad, you know, gave us a side eye, like, fucking go up there and perform. (laughs) And I knew that I didn't have it in me. I was like, there's no fucking way I can be serious and, like, you know, go into a seizure. So I nudged my sister. I was like, fucking take one for the team, bro. And now who's older, you or your sister? She's a year older than me. And she's so shy and introverted, too. But I was like, I'm not doing this. I can't keep a straight face. So my sister went up there, eyes rolled into the back of her head, crying, just shaking, taking the spirit in. I mean, she did a whole 
performance. And I was so proud of her. And I was like, you are a champion. But did you ever have to go up and do it? No, she did one. She did one for us on behalf of the whole family. She she flung her body backwards. Now, she did like a like a Ric Flair dead man's job. <laughs> it was like just like catatonic, and then she. It was amazing. How long did you guys go to this church? For months, we could just break away after we came to America. We had to thank them in some way. Oh, so they they basically paid for your ticket there, and then you have to agree to attend their church. No, they just became friends with my dad. My dad became like the church counselor. He was the only non-black guy there, like the church that you went to. And yeah, he just, you know, he was an elder now in their church. And we just had to, you know, (laughs) attend every Sunday. That is so crazy. They were great people, though. They were really nice. I just wasn't into the whole... Um, no, I'm with you. And it's so interesting because you always see these, like, baby pastors. Have you ever seen where they show videos of where, like, babies are being pastors? Uh-uh. And you can just tell that they're just mimicking. what That's what children do. They yeah. just mimic what they see. So they just see, like, hey, how the <laughs> Hey, Jesus! And everyone's like, the, the force is strong with it. It's like Jim Florentine's son. Have you seen him? He's like the youngest stand-up out there right now. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. He's, he's like gonna, 10 years old. If he sticks with wow. it, that guy's going to be the best ever did. So do you have any other stories of possession? What's What do we got here? Po- the... a, a local L.A. or yeah, Philippines? We just want to hear anything. Um, My brother-in-law seems to believe that he saw a real-life possession in the streets of L.A. Really? This um, this guy just... He could have also just been on bath salts. Yeah, but that happens. <laughs> that flaca, you that know? Should be a, that should be a game. Possessed or flaca? <laughs> <laughs> so this guy was fully naked, sweating, sweating, jerking himself off, okay, but now- also fingering his asshole at the same time, making demonic noises, and then <laughs> running around in circles. Was he Just, the guy on the bus? Because I remember like a year ago, there was a guy that was doing that on a bus. On the top of a bus, he was jacking off and fingering his butt. Maybe it's <laughs> the same guy. Maybe that's just his thing. <laughs> I love L.A., dude. But there are plenty of demons in L.A. <laughs> You're saying this guy has a haunted asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Demon dicks and haunted holes. That's what this episode should be called. <laughs> you know it. That's incredible. How long did your your brother, did you say My your brother? brother? Yeah. So there's Oh, your brother-in-law. Hmm. How long did your brother-in-law watch this demonic possession? I mean, he had to calm this guy. He's a cop, you know? Oh, he is. Yeah, so he had he got called to the scene, and here's this guy just fuck, finger-blasting the shit out of his asshole. Out of his dirt shoot. And then, but also jerking off at the same time, but then doing circles. You know, and then making weird demonic sounds. Oh, my God. You know, and I take back everything I said about the LAPD. They deserve all the money they <laughs> oh, get, Oh, dude, man. That, is the, that is the thing between... The whole, you know, cops, black people. It's like you have this weird kind of uh, history of, uh, you know, institutional racism versus the hardest job possible. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like any day you're like, I could walk into something that where I could die. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of jobs that could do that. So mm-hmm. you have these things that are just constantly because, you know, there was institutional racism for a very long time. They, they basically... 
set it up so that this black community could not succeed. People get very angry that when I say it, but it's the truth, man. It's like whether it's Jim Crow's laws and so on and so forth, the crime bill of 1994, those were all set up to make it so you would basically handicap the black community. And on top of that, I mean, when you see pictures of dogs, you know, attacking black people and then fucking hosing, that's like people act, people want to act like that's the 1800s. And it's like only like 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. So it's like you got this weird. So both sides have a legit argument. It is hard to be a cop. Mm-hmm. It is real fucking hard, man. I've been looking into us doing a ride along in the Rampart Division. I love how you just make shit up as we go. Like, whoa. no, you, I've been looking into this ever since we why studied. Why specifically about, Rampart? Because uh, they were involved uh, with Tupac's murder. Oh, you're talking about Rampart, like Temple Rampart? Yeah, yeah. that was oh, a like really a, corrupt like police. MS13. Yeah. Mm. That crazy ass shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That little area when you said Atwater. Uh, so the. Uh, they have the, uh, the, what do you call them? The tiny tuners over there, right? Mm-hmm. Tunerville. Yeah. I don't What's tuners? Tunerville is the, the gang that's at, in Atwater. There's a gang called Tiny Tuners? Tu- uh, Tunerville. I don't know if they're called Tiny Tuners. Uh, tiny but, Rascals, I think that's Long Beach. Sorry, I'm getting oh, confused. That's the thing about L.A. nowadays and just like in general. It doesn't seem like there's still gang violence and gangs out there, but they are out there. And it's just under the – like there's a street called Hoover. It's yeah. below the 10. Mm-hmm. They wear orange. Mm. If you're at night and you see a bunch of people wearing orange, just blow the, just blow the stoplights. Yeah, just, just talk the to the cops. Oh, and I, I was a, a Lyft driver. Mm-hmm. I would just be doing pick up USC because I was always trying to like pick up on like black chicks and they'd be like, you crazy? And never give me the time of day. <laughs> so I was totally doing serial killer shit, which is like just to circle around at midnight around USC picking up college girls. I never killed anyone yet. Oh, yeah. But, um, so I straight up blew a light, and a cop pulled me over, and I was like, dude, I saw a bunch of guys in orange. And he's like, all right, just this one time. Yeah. So, so you truth. usually talk to him. Wow. So Usually demon- I don't. You know, I used to live. I, I prefer the hood over Hollywood. Yeah. I would much rather live in where I used to live in Long Beach, where it's like a couple blocks over. They always say a couple blocks over, don't walk over there. It's never like that. Dude. The the hood is amazing. No one fucks with you. No one cares, you know, if you're blowing up fireworks on the 4th of July. Just no one complains. Where Bobby and I live is annoying as shit. If you go on the next door app, suspicious black man standing outside. You know, it's it's always some... It's just the, the most unimportant shit. Why are you on there. that app? Because one time I found a dog. And I needed to post on it. I was like, hey, I found someone's fucking dog. Can you collect your dog, you know? And I haven't deleted it since. But the meth heads of Hollywood scare the shit out of me. Really? Are they bad? Over, over the living in the, where my sister lives in Atwater, with the, the Tunervilles, they never fuck with you. If you're not, if you're not gang affiliated, yeah. they don't mess with you at all. Meth heads, they'll mess with you all goddamn all day. All the time, dude. And you could tell when they got the sweats and the demon mm-hmm. in their eyes. Uh, I saw this guy driving a uh, like a um, one of those small British cars, the really small ones. Oh yeah, the Fiat. Fiat. Fiat's, right. He's driving a Fiat, right, and it's super small, and it is smoking. The engine's smoking, and I run up to him like, "Dude, you got to turn your car off." And I look in, and dude, <laughs> this dude was on a meth run like I've never seen. No. Nah! 
He's just like, meh, meh, meh. I'm like, dude, turn off the car. It, your engine's about to blow. And he's trying to grind the gears. I'm like, oh, dude, you are gone, bro. I hope you can't feel it when this car explodes, dude. It needs oil. You need to stop. And they got, and they just got no teeth. And they all, all they want to do is suck your dick. It's fucking weird. <laughs> what do you guys believe? Do you think demonic possessions are real? Oh, for sure, dude. I believe in all that shit. Ghosts, everything. I think it's just much more interesting world to believe in all that shit. There's a there's a psychiatrist. He's Ivy League. Um, he's an Ivy League um, psychiatrist from Columbia, and he recently switched over, and he now fully believes in demonic possessions. In fact, he is the guy that the church goes to. To um, he advises the church as to whether or not it's a psychiatric issue or if it's a demonic possession. Really? And the reason that he believes is a guy named Richard Gallagher. And the reason he believes it is because he cannot, even though if you were to, um, if you were to take into consideration someone on meth or someone maybe with like an encephalitis, say for instance, encephalitis was like that? a um, um, uh, inflammation of the brain from like um, like an autoimmune disorder, say okay. for instance, and it starts eating at your brain. It, you do exhibit similar signs of of um, a possession, right? You lose your executive functions. You start to ha- like contort your body, have like bizarre body movement and whatnot. But he said, how do you explain someone speaking perfect Latin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Or shit flying off the shelves. And I was like, I mean. Have you ever seen anything fly no. off the shelves? No, not like that, no. The weirdest thing I ever saw as a kid, and it's, this isn't uh, demotic. It's just weird voodoo, magic, whatever. I used to have this hat, right? And I could put the ha- I could put something. I'd take this globe, put, there, put the hat over it, do like this. And the thing would be disappeared. It happened all the time as a kid. Really? Yeah, it was crazy. That sounds like something out of a Stephen King novel. I'm not even lying to you. We take the hat, put it over it, do like, ah, boom, lift the hat, and the thing was gone. Well, you know, Armenian, like, you guys are pagans, right? Yeah, well, no, we were the first of the Christians. Yeah, but you guys were pagans before you were Christians for a long time. Okay. So you probably got some still leftover little witchcraft in you there. We probably do have some witchcraft. I see you work magic on... It's so funny when you come alive on stage. If you think about what comedians do, you guys are performing magic. You're using words amplified in a God voice. Yeah. Everyone has to step It's mind games for sure. Yeah, it's for we do. You mastermind. I walked through the, the main room. It's a four hundred seat room. You've been in there, and Sam like watch. I was way in the back, and I watched him walk. Like I was like, "How were you able to see me?" And he goes, "Everything's in slow motion on stage." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Damn, <laughs> dude, what's it like?" Dude? I knew a guy that he could do his act and count all the people. That were he could tell you how many people were in the room. That's he, just called he, a Jewish person, and his name's Ari Shafir. No, yes. no, it's fuck Carl LeBeau. He could do his act. I love Carl LeBeau. And he could count every single person in the crowd. He was um, Sam Kinison's best friend, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, from yeah. way back in the day. I He is so funny. I love that guy, and he's so sweet. What other, uh, do you have any other examples of demonic oppre- I love these stories. That's I, got, some, I got some real I'm ones I'm fine with things going in butts, too. I, so, I don't uh, mind any of those stories. <laughs> So the actual word uh, exorcism comes from the Greek word meaning oath. So the whole idea is that uh, to exercise, you're using a higher power to command out. So that's why you say in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, I command you out. Mm. So uh, the church went on record back in 1614 for official guidelines on exorcism. So the Vatican. And they revised them in 1999. According to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, signs 
of demonic possession included superhuman strength, aversion to holy water, and the ability to speak unknown languages. I think that's the kicker is the unknown languages because you know how they they've always said that something like it's called like anti NMDA encephalitis, which is a very specific type of autoimmune disorder that's caused by like a teratoma. There's like a tumor made out of teeth, bones, and basically body parts. What? Have you never seen a teratoma? No. It's, it's like a little baby twin living inside you. I love oh. it when Kalila goes medical. This is awesome. I uh, didn't know that. So I've it's, heard of that. It's basically yes. like a mini possession. You're being possessed by a, a little person that inside of that you. That died, right? Or didn't make it? Um, yeah, or it's just a germ cell that didn't. It differentiated into teeth and muscles and bones and you know body parts. That's and, insane. But... A lot. Um, what the teratoma does is it causes this autoimmune response that attacks the brain, and so all it's called anti-NMDA encephalitis, and that's what they've always said. That's how they use the medical world explains demonic possessions because all of the all of the symptoms are the, the same. same, except for the speaking in perfect Latin. Like the girl. Is it always Latin? I don't know. Sometimes it's dead languages. Like people will hear like bits and pieces of Aramaic. Aramaic? How do you say it? Uh, uh, Aaron, say the word. You know what I'm talking about. Aramaic. There we go. It's the language <laughs> of Christ. So oh. like, it's like a dead language. Why is it dead? Because it's like... Nobody what, kept talking old, about Yeah. That's crazy. There's yeah. also so much um, crossing over with, with mental illness and, you know, when if you see somebody who's in, like, a full-blown psychosis or, say, for instance, who's, like, a paranoid schizophrenic, they're very prone to, like, religious talk or just being really, like, biblical and, you know, repeating biblical phrases over and over and over again. Yeah. So you could argue that, you know, someone in a full-blown psychosis would be able to mimic something that, like, how are, how am I? as a non-Latin speaker, supposed to know that that person is speaking perfect Latin. Do you know what I mean? Or like, or Jesus talk or Jesus dead language. Like, I don't fucking know what that sounds well, like. Well, there's I'm just probably gonna... people who come in and they're record like... Record it. They're recorded, but they're also experts and they're like, yeah, that's Latin. That well, there's this idea, there's a universal language that um, we all know. So the idea of uh, Adam, Atom, at, um Amen, Ra, like Amen. So these are all like the idea of it all stems. Well, it's all from the same. It's all the same. It all leads back to the same. So so much the same way like you say, uh, you say like Mama is like one of the first words like a child will say almost in all languages because it's like the natural way a mouth moves. So I think like mm. they're picking up on uh, what's crazy, though, is I was like, man, is there any actual examples of demon possession in the Bible? And Jesus is uh, they, anywhere from six to 11 times casted out de- like demons from people. The most notorious one is Luke 8, uh, chapters 26 to 39, and it's about the possessed swine. And basically the story goes, Jesus and his disciples were traveling when they came across a man who had been living among the tombs, which was like he was living inside, I guess, caves. Well, he's probably Filipino, and it was a fucking three-day drink bed, beyond yeah. the dead. And because of his demonic possession, approached Jesus, fell before him, calling out, Jesus, son of most high God, what have you done to us? The, de- the demons begged him. With us. Yeah, what have you done with us? Do not, do not torment us. Uh, so Jesus asked, what's your name? Which is a weird thing for Jesus to ask. I'm pretty sure you knew it. Uh, they answered, Legion is my name. There are many of us. Jesus then removed the demons from the man and sent them into a nearby herd of swine, and the pigs ran down a steep bank and into the sea and drowned. 
So apparently, pigs' life. We fuck pigs over so Man, bad. I know. They're so smart, and we treat them like shit. We had a pig growing up named Jigga. 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 Chica, chica. My mom's. I do have another story. Yeah. My dad, again, Mr. International Man of Mystery, um, he owned, we owned a shipping company in the Philippines. <clears throat> This is when we were. He was still like doing well before the crash and burn. Yeah, and shipping company. That's total CIA. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, he one of his cargo ships, which transported beer and furniture all over the Philippines. Um, um, he, I don't know how he acquired it, but he acquired a steering wheel or the the wheel of what do you call it? Steering wheel of the boat, oh, right? Yeah, big one. Um, from a, a ship, a Malaysian ship that had previously sank. And um, when my dad um, put it on the boat and one of his – he dry docked the boat just for like um, regular repairs or whatever. And then they took out the boat. Um, my dad was lost at sea for 72 hours. What? Um, and I remember crying. I remember being so afraid. I remember thinking, oh, like that's it. My dad's dead or whatever. So yeah. this like weird – they were like in the middle of like an eye of a storm or something like that. They were caught in a typhoon and the boat capsized, lost everything. And um, my dad dry docked the boat again to repair the boat and with the same fucking steering wheel. And then weird things during that dry dock started happening. Like one of his crew, um, ran, like a young dude randomly like died or whatever. And then they took the boat out again and it sank again. And that's when somebody in like that local area was like, hey, um, let's just bring someone in here, like a priest or whatever, to see, you know, what's going on. Maybe there's some weird thing. My dad, my dad is like totally, he's like, no way, that doesn't make sense. I'm an international man of mystery. Yeah. We don't do ghosts. James Bond doesn't do. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't do that. Yeah. Um, but he finally like acquiesced just to like make the crew, you know, feel safe. Fine, or fine, yeah, like, fine. Fuck it, fine. Bring the guy over. We'll and, do it live. Yeah. And it turned out that the man said that um, to remove the, the wheel and that there was an, an there were a lot of people living on the boat that weren't that had passed and that they were they were not going to allow the boat to float and weird things started happening my dad said this guy performed an exorcism like he fucking did the blessing of the boat or whatever and i swear to you i don't know the full story i know it sounds really like kind of fragmented but when he came home my dad had a full beard and he was a man of god after that <sighs> He, oh, your dad he, came home in a day and had a full beard? No, no, he was out. Yeah. Oh. He, was, he didn't just grow a beard oh, in a day. Oh, be like, dude, what is this? So he didn't speak to us for three months. He slept on the couch for three months. He was just growing this beard. He looked really depressed. And after that, he told us a story. He's like, I believe that that priest was right. There was something there that was holding us down. We were, and that we, we never, he never set sail on that boat again, ever. We just let that boat die. Shit. What do you think ghosts and demons are? What do you think those are? I don't know. I don't know what I believe in. I just know that I have a healthy amount of fear in them. Enough where I'm like, hey, if in case you're around, don't fuck with me. I'm not mocking you. Let's say you Don't and Bobby my put body. out some kids, right? Are you going to transfer onto them these Filipino, uh, you know, 
these weird kind of beliefs that Filipinos... They're not just Filipino, Sam. But, okay, but some of them are Filipino. <laughs> some are very much Filipino. Yeah, the bubbly bucket yeah, with the pig yeah. and boots. The pig yeah. and boots I'll pass over to my kids. Don't take a picture with three people. That's, a, that's very Filipino. Everybody on Instagram is dead, by the way. Everybody's dead on, on Instagram. Are you going to pass these on? No. I was... A really frightened child. Look at me. I am an anxious person, and I think a lot of that is because my mom has passed on all of her fears onto me. And I didn't think that it would affect me because I'm I'm a very reasonable person, but it does. It's somewhere in the back of my mind that I can't explain all. I have these fears that I cannot get rid of. Do you yeah. watch the news a lot? Are you a big news? Women I, love the news. And I, I do you love the news? I I did up until about a year ago when I realized it was very detrimental to my mental health. That's amazing. That's such a great I I I think if a lot of times we get really uh sad that we can't control certain things in our lives. And uh so the one thing you can control are, are things you do. Mm-hmm. You know, for me it's like uh how I see people like, you know, John McCain and George Bush and Barbara Bush and as all these people pass on or the news tries to rewrite their history with us. You know, we try to make George Bush look like a good person because he gave candy to fucking Michelle Obama. Wasn't you that know? cute, though? Didn't part of you go, oh. No, I didn't. I, it's all in like he's like an old senile man all. Like, and he's it. a war criminal of the most epic proportions. That's a different story. <laughs> you could tell he's still racist because he was like trying his hardest not to really touch her. He's like, here you go, Blackie. Here you go, Blackie. I want to become vegetarian. That's my next thing. And... You know, not watching the news. Mm-hmm. That is a really, if you want, I want change in the world, stop watching the news. Mm-hmm. Stop watching the news. Today I was watching the, uh, the they had the Supreme Court nomination yeah, guy no, interviewing yeah. him. And like, like for my girlfriend, uh, her news is her porn. Like, I don't know if you've ever come home and your boyfriend's, like, trying to turn off the computer because he's watching porn when you weren't there. He's like, oh, oh, nothing here. Nothing here. You know, that's my girlfriend. She grabs the remote. She's trying to change the channel as I'm coming in. Are you watching that again? I thought you loved us. But the point is, is that so when I woke up, the news was on and they were um, it was so interesting. Watch MSNBC showing this this uh, interview and uh, or this like hearing and the senator who's go- who's about to ask the question he's like so now i have to do this and you know it was coming i have to ask you about your testimony in uh december 6 of 2006 where you said and right there msnbc did a voiceover of like one of the commentators talking over it so you couldn't hear the question being asked that shit is all done on purpose man this whole thing with fucking the Nike Nike Kaepernick shit, all done on purpose, man. This is all to get people to fight with each other. Did you, did you see where the uh, Parkland parent? They, you know, they had the school shooting. The Parkland parent went I up. I saw the, that one. The and shape. he turned his back. Yeah, I saw that one. Do you not think that's the most staged shit? You? How does that guy get to that moment? How does security let that mm-hmm. guy suddenly walk in in this grandstand where that you have all these senators and this guy who could be a Supreme Court justice and this guy randomly can just walk in and try to shake his hand? Mm-hmm. If you don't think that's all engineered 
Bull, so the, and the guy's like, I don't know who the fuck you are, and walks off. Oh my god, he disrespected the Parkland parent. It's all meant to get you not to pay attention. And then you had the the girl sitting behind him with like doing this. Has, did you see that? Oh, that's so dumb. And everyone's like, oh, she's saying the fuck like the white power thing. Yeah, if Ugh. she's doing that, she's Poor doing that lady. on purpose. The lady is Mex- Mexican and Jewish. Yeah, it's so stupid, dude. And and, it's and the fact that her the, husband had to come to her defense is so, so horrible. I and felt it's really all bad. Getting Everybody to fight with each other. Yeah, I don't fight people on that. And that brings. I always us tell Bobby because he's a fucking tragedy porn guy, and he's also really, you know, he gets really like, heated over. You know, politics tell, please tell Bobby I love him. Sometimes I think he thinks. Before I'm- we get out of there, because you have recently taught me something. I mean, uh, besides you having a real big heart on the show, which you are Tiger Bobby's belly, and without oh, you, there you. is no Tiger belly. Uh, I love that you just are open about everything, and I'm kind of the same way. You said something. You're in passing. You said you're such a gaslighter. And I was like, what the fuck's that? And I paused the podcast, looked it up, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm a gaslighter. <laughs> and, then I, and, then, and then I was like, hey, Sam, you might be a gaslighter. He looked it up. He's like, uh. And like, he, just, he didn't say yes or no. I'm the king of that, and so, I hate that I do it. Do you do wanna, it to your woman, to your, to your girlfriend? Let what? me break it down so we can explain, and then mm-hmm. I'll go through it. Here it goes. Uh, gaslighting is a tactic in which a person or entity, Sam, in order to gain more power, makes a victim question their reality. It works much better than you think. Anyone is susceptible to gaslighting. It is a common technique of abusers, dictators, narcissists, and cult leaders. Mm-hmm. It's done slowly so the victim doesn't realize how much they've been brainwashed. People who gaslight typically use the following techniques. One, they tell blatant lies. Mm-hmm. Two, they deny ever said something even though they have proof, uh-huh. like a podcast. Uh, three, they use what is near and dear to them as ammunition. And that's me... Uh, I have a razor laser tongue that will cut to the bone marrow of truth with people. I recently did it to like someone that I'm kind of getting close with, and I apologize. But Sam's seen it, man. I can get right through when I want to. I don't pussyfoot around. So You guys are so quick-tongued, too. Like For me, I'm a very delayed uh, insulter. When I want to insult, I, I can't like roast someone on the spot. Like three days later, I come up with something. I'm like, I gotta text this person now, and it's just the, the moment has passed, you know. But you guys are so good at just making someone feel, you know, terrible when they deserve it right then and there, which is a gift. I don't think that's gaslighting. My my, uh, I thought gaslighting was where you basically. Sow seeds of doubt into people. Uh-huh. They yes, wear you down over it. time. Yeah, over time, in very subtle ways, even. I thought it's like like sometimes when somebody pisses me off, I'll try to poison their well, <laughs> and I catch that. Oh fuck, this guy and his fuck. Everyone's like, really? Yeah, he does that, and I'm like, oh, why'd I do that, dude? Their actions don't match their words. Mm-hmm. They throw in positive reinforcement to confuse you. I guess they know confusion weakens people. Gaslighting is very insidious. You don't know that it's happen- happening to you until you're fully broken. Yeah. And you're like, how did I get here? How did I doubt? How did I not trust my gut? How, how did I believe ev- this entire story that this person's painted? Yeah. And how am I left in the dust? That's usually what victims of gaslighting. You know, it happens that people who are in emotionally abusive relationships have been gaslighted. My sister was in a relationship for six years. And uh. people outside saw what he was doing, but she, uh, she is so smart and so sane. And this woman fell into his trap. He was just so he would just you know say the right things at the right time just to get her back in the right place, right. and then tear her down systematically in different ways. 
and he just altered her reality. He made he made uh, we were attached at the hip, my sister and I, but there was a rift between us while they were together, and I, which I thought was an impossible thing to do. But this person was a professional gaslighter. So if you had to say in one sentence what a gaslighter is, because I have to make sure I'm in. Mm-hmm. What is the one, how would you describe it in one sentence? Um, if you have the capability to alter my reality, for, for instance, um, this is a small, silly example. It's in the past now. But when Bobby and I first started dating, this is how he would gaslight me. Hey, um, I remember he gave me his old phone one time. He was like, use this because I had left my phone somewhere. Use this. So I look at old text messages that weren't that old because he had just switched over phones and he was texting things to women like, I would fuck you raw dog and the things that were really inappropriate. <laughs> and I didn't trip out. I didn't flip out. Why I didn't wouldn't he erase of- those before he gave it to you? Is that part of the but mental But that's part game? of it. That's part of it. If I, if I knew that it was going to bother you, why would I just leave it there? Because you fucking forgot. Because you didn't you think I was going to fucking read. You think he's got yeah. Poon on call if he needed No, he it. wanted me to think that he... That it wasn't a big deal. Like, oh, yeah, that was just, you know, um, friendly banter. If I really thought that you would, you know, be upset about that, why would I just leave that there? Why wouldn't I cover up my tracks? That's part of gaslighting. But he, even after I showed him the proof, I was like, hey, can you not do this anymore? I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't text that. That's not my phone. I mean, he was, that's not my fucking phone. Like he he says it with like so an much. Eddie Murphy, uh, an old Eddie Murphy, where you just and, yeah. And finally, when I'm like, "This is your phone. <laughs> this is your phone. Let's let's don't fuck." And he's like, "Yeah, but I mean, if." And then he starts to. It, but that's what it is. Like, and then I'm believing maybe this isn't his phone. Oh my am I, god! <laughs> am I losing my mind? You, you're right. Like, why would you just leave this open for me to read if you, if it was anything malicious or if it was if you were really trying to cheat on me? But little things like that. Manipulation is a motherfucker. We do it. I think like, we all do it to some oh, degree. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. We just don't want to deal with the ramifications. Of our actions, so we just try to manipulate the other person into acting like it's their fault. And that's how it goes. And with that, we go to everyone's favorite part of the show. He's been listening quietly. Let's see if he can knock it out of the park. Don't be an idiot. A-A-Ron. Well, you better be sick, dead, or mute, A-A-Ron. You done messed up, A-A-Ron. You filthy animal. Aaron, thoughts? I have a question for Kalila. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, when you go through an intersection during a yellow light, do mm. you tap the ceiling of your car? I don't. That is a Filipino thing. Oh, it uh, is? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I, it is, but I also... What I, does that say? It's like, don't let me crash. Yeah, and or, also... Don't let me get T-boned. Yeah, it's kind of just a bless up. <laughs> Don't fuck me over, God. I'm about to cross. And also, it's a weird thing because no one in the Philippines goes over 30 miles an hour. We have congested streets and no freeways. There's except too many like Manila. People. Yeah, I don't. I think there are all of like two vehicular crashes a year in my island, and everyone drives like a maniac. And there's you, only two. Yeah, the streets are small, and you're not really going at speeds. The only um, a, a lot of motorcycle accidents, yes, oh, yeah. but not like real. Like, it's big. my theory that Asians are actually such advanced drivers yeah. that white people fuck them up, and that's why they crash. Yeah, because now we have to adhere to like rules, like road <laughs> rules. Like, why can't I just fucking park on any curb I want? Which is which you can do in the Philippines. Yeah. You know? 
Well, it sounds like a wonderful place. I need to go visit. Kyla, you were great. You're welcome back anytime. I know you Thank hate you. leaving your house, but when, when, you, when you muster up the courage again, please come back. We'll talk some more ghost stuff and everything like that, and we appreciate you coming on. And uh, if you guys haven't listened to Tiger Belly, you should check it out. It's one of my favorite podcasts out there. So uh, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you guys soon. For the children. We teach the children. You know what I mean? You know what I mean?